the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bob Bernie Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Listen to me, folks. Please listen to me. Because I am absolutely confident that so many Christians are going to get sucked into this virtual metaverse church nonsense. And that's what it is. It is nonsense. But boy, is it going to be popular. And and here's why. A huge part of the Christian life, and I do mean a huge part of the Christian life, is fighting against your flesh. Can I get an amen out there? I learned a long time ago, Satan is my enemy, but he is not my greatest enemy. I am my greatest enemy. Yeah, I am. My flesh And that was Paul's greatest enemy. Have you read Romans chapter 7? Paul says, oh man, everything I'm supposed to do, I don't do. And everything I'm not supposed to do, that's what I end up doing. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. But right in the middle of that, he says, in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. That's why Paul constantly talked about the cross and that his flesh had to be nailed to the cross. He had to die to himself, to his desires, his dreams, his aspirations. He had to continually surrender his flesh to the cross of Christ. The Christian life is a life of surrender. It is a life of self-denial, not self-righteousness. But the flesh... Is so appealing. So, which would be easier? Sitting home in your jammies and your bunny slippers and you slip on some cool electronic goggles and you go to church. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't even have to brush your teeth. You don't have to comb your hair. You don't have to interact with anyone. You don't have to really fellowship with anyone. Oh, but Bob, there's going to be fellowship. These avatars are going to communicate with you. It's all phony. It's all imaginary. It's all make-believe. You pick an avatar that you like, and you will be communicating and sitting next virtually to people who have picked an imaginary avatar that they want to represent themselves. That it's going to appeal to the flesh. The flesh does not want to be held accountable. 
The flesh doesn't want people to see us as we really are. Now, folks, listen. I have been in full-time local church ministry for over 50 years. I love the local church. I love the local church. Cut me and I will bleed the local church. But when I'm not preaching and I'm really, really, really tired and I've had a really bad week, this person who was raised in the local church and has given his life for the local church, occasionally says, I don't feel like going today. You know, we could just watch online. I don't want to go. Can I get really honest and candid with you? It happened about three weeks ago. Joy and I just had a bad week. It was a, hey, yeah, hey, we're human beings. Yeah, we have bad weeks too. Yeah, we have... Physical issues, family issues, financial issues. Hey, just like anybody else, had a bad week. And we woke up on Sunday morning and thought, oh, you know, the church streams their service. We could just watch it. Listen. And then we looked at each other and realized what Jesus has done for us. And how going to church is not just about me. We need to pray that when we go to that church, whether it's in an official church building or in a Grange Hall where we started a church years ago, or in a rented building or in a shelter outside or wherever, we need to be praying, God, make me a blessing to somebody else. Maybe you will point somebody out to me today that I can encourage. I can give them a word of encouragement. Of course, we want to receive a word of encouragement. We want the sermon to speak to us. We want the music to be a blessing and challenge us and and motivate us. But it's it's not about me. It's not about you. And so, yeah, we got up, got dressed, and went in fellowship with other believers, and we were so glad we did. This whole thing about a virtual metaverse, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I believe it's satanic. To keep people from doing what God has called us to do, A virtual church cannot exercise any kind of discipline or authority. A virtual church cannot really fellowship with each other as you can face-to-face. Now, again, I I always try to mention this. If someone is homebound, they can't get out, praise God for streaming and maybe even praise God for virtual. But that's the exception. That's not the rule. This headline from the Christian Post sends shivers up and down my spine, and I hope it does to you as well. How the digital revolution is disrupting the church and forcing it out of buildings. Now, if it was disrupting the church and bringing about repentance and revival, yeah! Wonderful. 
if it was forcing the church out of buildings that were uh, stained glass museums, where the gospel was not being presented, worship was not occurring, wonderful. That's not what's happening. In fact, let me give you how ridiculous this is. The article from the Christian Post, 17 pages long, is very positive about the virtual church. And again, the conclusion is you're going to have to get used to it. Stop fighting it. Stop resisting. It's going to take over. But here's the first paragraph. About a year ago, Andre Anderson started a group on Facebook called Barbecue Assembly of God to build a church of people who love barbecue and want to move forward in their faith journey. I'm not making this up, and this is not a parody. It's really the Barbecue Assembly of God. People who just like to barbecue, and if they have time, they worship. The sermon at the Barbecue Assembly of God is usually about 10 minutes. Quote, the group has swelled to more than 500 members. And two Sundays ago, Barbecue Church held its first official service online. Andre Anderson announced himself as the lead pastor of Barbecue Church. He said, quote, we're going to do that in a bunch of different ways. Oh, yeah. Anderson went on to describe how different his church would be. Along with barbecue, the church would serve up sermons that are quick, easy, and straight to the point. We'll put up cooking videos, training videos, how to cook different things. We're just going to have a good time. It's going to be different. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. The sermon ended approximately 10 minutes after it started. On the website, it says, if you like it, cool. If you don't, just scroll on. We just want the best for you and want you to find your spot. So no matter where you're at in your faith journey, you can eat with us. We're here. This is the direction the churches are headed. Cool. Hip, trendy, wow. Biblical? No. But that's not really that important. Praise God for churches that will not bite into this. And folks, I'm not talking about tradition. I don't care a whole lot about tradition. Talking about being biblical. And this uh, virtual movement is not biblical. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. I, I think maybe, maybe, maybe I've told you this story before. If I did, pretend you, pretend you, n- you never heard it. Uh, before Joy and I got married, we uh, 
I think it was in the invitations. There was a particular verse of scripture that we wanted to include. I think it was the invitation, I, I think. Anyway, it was before we got married, and there was this one verse of scripture that we wanted to use, but we couldn't find the reference. Well, we couldn't do a verse of scripture without the reference. So uh, I began looking and looking and looking and looking, and I couldn't find it. Well, I called this person and that person, and I called this pastor and that pastor at that time. I called the pastor of one of the largest churches in America, a wonderful, godly, godly man. And he was a friend. And I called him and I said, hey, we want to use this verse but I can't find the reference. And he says, oh, man, um, uh, I, I, can't, I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but I'll find it and I'll get back to you. It was not a verse. It was not in the Bible. I had heard it for years. I was positive it was in the Bible. It wasn't. It's like cleanliness is next to godliness. That is not in the Bible. And dozens of other verses and concepts that we are convinced is in the Bible. And they're not. And if we really want to be biblical, well, we need to be careful. Why do I go through that? Listen to this headline. Bronze... Lion of Judah statue celebrating Christian Jewish friendship is dedicated in Jerusalem. In a special ceremony, a massive bronze lion statue celebrating the friendship shared between Christians and Jews was dedicated in Jerusalem. The 1,134-pound, 11-foot-long bronze statue dubbed the Lion of Judah was created by American Christian artist Max Greiner. And the rest of the story is about how wonderful this is. And, you know, okay, all right. Now, can I ask you a question? How many times in the entire Bible is Jesus referred to as the Lion of the tribe of Judah? I think if you would ask most people, they'd go, well, I don't know, 8, 10, 12? I mean, my goodness, we uh, that's everywhere. We got all these songs about the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We got dozens and dozens of songs. And Anybody know what the answer is? How many times is Jesus referred to in the Bible as the Lion of the tribe of Judah? The answer? Once. Revelation chapter 5. It's the seven-sealed book. And John sees everybody weeping because no one is found worthy to open the seal. And one of the elders says, don't weep, don't worry, because the Lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And so there in Revelation chapter 5, John immediately begins looking for the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's looking and looking and looking. He's trying to find the Lion of the tribe of Judah to open the seven seals. The Lion of the tribe of Judah does not open the seals. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world opens the seals. Check it out, Revelation chapter 5. He was looking for the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He found the Lamb. 
Now, here's the bottom line. Jesus has the right to be called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. But he never did. Jesus never conquered anything as the Lion. 24 times in the book of Revelation, 24 times Jesus is referred to as the Lamb. The Lamb. The Lamb. In Revelation chapter 17, you find the greatest battle ever fought on the earth when the Antichrist and the kings of all the nations of the world come against the Lamb. And the Lamb conquers them. When was the greatest battle ever fought? Calvary. Jesus conquered sin, death, hell, Satan. How did he conquer? As the Lamb. I don't want to destroy. Is it wrong to call Jesus the Lion of the tribe of Judah? No, no, it's not wrong. It's it's just misplaced. And here's why it is so appealing. We all would much rather be the Lion than the Lamb. We want to be the lion. The Bible never promises that we can be the lion. We're to be like the lamb. Today, today, who is the lion? Check out First Peter. The devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There are a lot of things that... Um, we think are in the Bible that really aren't. Just a challenge. Uh, and, and by the way, check that out for yourself. Hey, have a great evening, but please remember whose you are. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.